Hi, and welcome to the Joy Report with Rhonda in sunny Tampa, Florida. Today is Mother's Day. I want to salute and wish all the mothers a very happy day today. 102 years ago, President Woodrow Wilson initiated the National Day of Mother's Day. And the first the first time of celebration was through a lady of Ann Jarvis and she petitioned celebration of Mother's Day and the first celebration was in a church isn't that amazing <laughs> so I just salute all the mothers today it's a glorious day just to be celebrated so I'm going to be talking to you out of first Samuel about Hannah and how God empowers the powerless. And Hannah was a woman and she had a problem. And we're going to read about her problem and how that God embraced her and that he met her at her need and just opened up her womb. So in the first Samuel, we're going to start with one. There was a man named Elkanai. He lived in Ramah, the region of Zuth, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jerohom, son of Elihu, son of Tahu, and Zuth. And Ephraim, Elkanai, had two wives, say two wives, Hannah and Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah did not have any. You know, back then there was a custom, and it was that the wives were to produce children and if a man married a wife and she didn't produce children then they took on another wife and so it wasn't that that was because in the beginning it was already instated that marriage was to one man and a woman that created the matrimony of a man and a woman and marriage and that was the institution that was created in the word through scripture and we find that in genesis 2 and so at this time that hannah lived there was the children of israel the they had been delivered from bondage out of Egypt and they had come over into the promised land and over in the promised land they were coming out of the 12 tribes of Israel and they were coming up under Saul and Saul was the ruler and then eventually it went over into King David and then there where there was a king over them so there was a lot of areas there where it talks about in judges 17:6 that the people d did what that felt right it wasn't covenant but it was a cultural thing and so that cultural thing like abraham taking you know hagar and sarah wanted him to have an heir because her body wasn't producing her womb was closed up at that time but they didn't wait for the promise of the lord they didn't wait they didn't give god an opportunity to move on their behalf and so they gave it up too soon and they tried to through their own will you know they wanted what they wanted and so 
You can't always push and pressure the things of God to get what you want, when you want it and how you want it. That is culture. And so we see that in our society today. And so people are pushing the envelope so far that they're, they're not practicing and they're going against the knowledge and the will of God's word because they want what they want, when they want it and how they want it. So we see back then that this is what's clearly happened. So he, he, had another wife. He loved Hannah, but it was a curse not to produce children back then. And the women literally felt cursed. And so here Penina was having all of these children and Hannah had none. It says in the verse 16, it says, so Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle each time. Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not eat. So have you ever been sick and tired of being sick and tired? And she was just so over her rival. You know, can you imagine the talk in the home where Penina would say, well, you might be the lady of the house too, but I'm the mother of Elkanah's children. <laughs> I am the mother. And can you imagine how she bullied her and spoke all of those things over her? Well, Hannah did not seek retributions. Hannah did not seek revenge. Hannah took it to the Lord. And so Hannah went up for the time where they would take all of their families and then they would go worship the Lord and they would bring sacrifice to the temple. And Eli would be there, the priest, and they would offer these sacrifices. So there, where it talks about that Elkanah, he was trying to comfort, he was trying to comfort Hannah. And he says that he gave Hannah double portions of the the of the offering it was a peace offering that they went up to make to sacrifice to 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 the lord in the temple and so he offered that to his wife to bring her comfort to bring her peace and so hannah went into the temple and she clearly poured her heart out to the lord she didn't pour her heart out to her husband she didn't make her problem, her husband's problem, like Abraham, you know, some are, you know, how like Sarah, she says, give me a child, you know, some of them de de demanded, give me a child, like it was, they put it on the husband, like it was the husband's problem. But when this happens, just know that God is in control. God knows all things and he's working on your behalf. But sometimes there's something that you've got to do. You've got to get up. You got to see that he has a great purpose for your life. You can't just sit around and lick your wounds. You can't just sit around. You got to press in like Hannah pressed in. So she went in the temple and she began to pour her heart out to the Lord and began to pray for a son. And so she prayed so hard that Eli, the priest, thought she was crying and, and, and just thought she was drunk. He didn't just think she was crying. He thought she was drinking and she was drunk on wine. And he says, woman, and he starts to go and talk to her. And so she vowed a vow that day unto the Lord that if she would have, if he would grant her to open up her womb, that he, that she would give the Lord her first child. 
and that she would give him to serve in the temple. But see, back then, there was, she was a Nazarite, and the Nazarites would do that. In Numbers 6, 1 through 21, there would be a period that they would give to the Lord of their life, and they would show that by not cutting their hair because it was an outward sign of their voluntary action that they were giving unto the Lord to serve the Lord. So Hannah was offering her son up to for his life to serve in the temple. And what an offering that was. And so the Lord honored that because she went home after that, after making that vow to the Lord, she went home, had relations with her husband, and she conceived a child. And so she weaned the child. Do you know that there probably was a lot of opportunity for her to change her mind, but she didn't. She stuck with the vow that she made to the Lord. Think about all that harassment. Think about all that taunting that was Penina in the, in the house. And finally she gets a son. And her and Elkanai agreed together. And they offered that son to the house of the Lord and offered it to Eli. And Eli took the son and raised Samuel in the house of the Lord. But there was something beautiful that happened. Hannah would go and visit little Samuel year after year. And as Hannah had the prayer and had the seeking the Lord and had the hunger, she put that into her son. And every year she would tell the story of how she needed, wanted a son. She wanted to have family. She felt she was cursed and the Lord blessed her and opened up her womb and gave her five children after that. So can you see the multiplication, the increase of God and how good God is, how that he took a hopeless situation and he turned it around. So God empowers the powerless. It was a divine empowerment because she had an oppressed spirit because she was down and out. She felt she was cursed and here God turned it through her cry, through her hunger, through her perseverance, through her 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 just her steadfast love for the Lord. She was so in love with the God of the more than enough, the God of all sufficient, the God she he was her all sufficient one. And she cried out to him. And it produced five children after Samuel. That is a beautiful testimony. So whatever your situation is, ladies, just know that God will come on the scene. You've got to ask him. You've got to see what it is that he wants from you. What is it that you can give back to the Lord that would be an offering, that would be accepted of the Lord? We see that in the word that God doesn't accept all offerings. He doesn't accept it. The children of Israel were giving their leftovers. But God wants our first fruits. He wants our very best. And that was Hannah's very best. But that was something God gave to her. So a lot of times it's something that God gives to you that he wants back. So you give your talents. You give what, what he's given to you. So he opened her womb and she tithed her first child to the Lord. And he the multiplication was so beautiful. And look at it this way. She was going to have no children. And think of all the multiplication of those five 
five children that we're going to bear children and their children and their children and the generations to go on and on and on. But Hannah left her legacy in Samuel because she taught him how to pray. So when it was time for Samuel to, to go and to talk to Saul, Saul, he began to agonize in prayer. He began to seek the Lord. So there's something about a praying mother that gives that to her children, that passes that down. It's a heritage that you pass to your children, and it's so beautiful. And the Lord is watching over you, and He's watching over your children, and He wants you to impart those beautiful, godly things that He's given unto you to be that example. You know, there's a saying, don't do as I do, do as I say. Well, you must be the living example. You must be that for your children and your grandchildren. Maybe you feel like I didn't do such a good job with my children and I'm really seeing it. But praise God, you have your grandchildren. You can turn the tide. You begin to invest in your grandchildren and training them when you're with them and instilling the good character. You know, a lot of the, the, lot of the ones in the Bible, you know, the three men and it's talking about in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, actually it should just go on as one book, but they cut it in half to make it one and two because you have you have Samuel, you have uh, Samuel, which was the prophet. You have Saul, he was the first king of Israel. And you have David, the greatest king after, you know, that he built this kingdom. And so, but, but also there were character issues. <laughs> and so we can look at these men so that we can, can see where we fit in there. Do we have those character flaws? How are we working those out of our lives? What are we doing? Are we growing in the knowledge and the things of God because he wants us to be the very best that we can be and so God has you know when he wants to do something he calls a great man but when he wants to do something exceptionally great he calls women just like Jochebed and she was the mother of Moses and she had the faith to put the basket on the river Remember, all the sons were going to be, you know, the Pharaoh put a decree and all the newborn, all the sons were going to be killed. So she put baby Moses in the basket. So she is a great uh, a woman, a hero in the word. That's <laughs> so beautiful. And Esther is a young Jewish um, young girl and she grew up and then here she set the Jewish people free because the Lord used her in a powerful way. And we have Ruth and we have so many women that had strategic jobs to do in the history, our spiritual history. And so we are writing history. Your story isn't over yet. Your story is still being written. So just know that God has his hand upon you and he has a great purpose for you and for your children. But Hannah was such an example for us to persevere, to Hold on to the word of God. Hold on to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is our rock. He is the only one that's going to see you through. Trouble times are going to come. Situations are going to come. But when you hold on to the rock, he's going to see you through. You're going to come out 
all, you know, like the children that went into the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they came out not smelling like smoke because there was a fourth person in that fiery furnace with them because the Lord went in the furnace with them. So the Lord is with you. So the Lord is with you to help you in those deep situations that your children, you might find them in, your sons and your daughters. But God is the all-sufficient one. He hears us always when we pray. But you've got to seek him. Because when you seek him, you will find him with your whole heart. So as Hannah prayed and persevered and got in there and did business with the Lord, he did business with her. And when she honored her vow to the Lord, don't make an, a vow and not pay it. God sees all things. When you make a vow, it's between you and him. And that is your trust that you have built in him. That is your relationship. And you stand on the rock because he will come and perform that which you are asking him to do he will give you the desires of your heart and it is so powerful i want to just read you leave you with something really cute and this is about when children are growing up and what they might say about their mothers at the age of four my mom can do everything at the age of 12 my mom knows everything at the age 14 mom doesn't know anything <laughs> at the age 18 mom is so backwards <laughs> at the age of 25 mom knows a few things at the age of 35 before we decide let's let's get mom's opinion at the age 45 i wonder what my mom would say about this at the age of 65 i would love to talk to her one more time and i know some people are missing their mothers because their mothers have gone on but guess what <laughs> Guess what? You have a job to do. And maybe there's somebody that you can mentor. Maybe you're, there's a daughter and there's a granddaughter or there's a sister or there's someone that you have earmarked that comes to you for advice. You be the best mother that you can be to them. And you pour out and you give out because your mother would be proud of you. And just know that, that God heals the brokenhearted. He sets the captives free, recovering of sight to the blind. So open up your eyes and look around. Who can you mentor? Be the best mother. We need lots of mothers, all different kinds, all different ages to mother, spiritual mothers, natural mothers. And sometimes God will hook you up with people, not, not, just, not necessarily in your natural family, but he'll just give you, earmark you mothers. So just you be blessed today, be celebrated today, be loved today. Know that God loves you. I love you. This is the Joy Report. And we're going to sign out for now. Have a Jesus-filled day. Goodbye for now.